I'm here talking to my friends from Panorama Middle School Creative Matters class, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure like what that means, but I know during our conversation, you guys will explain what that means and what you're getting out of this class. And if it's something that you believe we need to replicate, and that means do at another campus outside of your campus, or you say, no, absolutely don't do that, keep it for us, and if that's what you say, cool, I'm fine with that as well, okay? So we'll start off with you guys telling me your name and the grade that you are in. Okay, my name's Taisha and I'm in eighth grade. My name is Kendall Laura and I'm in sixth grade. Uh, my name is Juana and I'm in sixth grade. My name is Jaden and I'm in seventh grade. My name is Kira and I'm in seventh grade. My name is Dante and I am in seventh grade. My name is Malik and I'm in sixth sixth grade. My name is Dylan and I'm in sixth grade. My name is Cole and I'm in eighth grade. My name is Sifa and I'm in eighth grade. And I'm Miss Kay and I teach this course. Thank you for joining us today. So tell me, like, what is Creative Matters? What what is that? What is the course about? So in this class, what we mainly focus on is how. Um, other students like me, for example, or everybody else in this room, it teaches them how to use their minds in a way that would help the world or help cer certain situations in very creative ways. And part, part of doing that is planning out things and figuring out how to solve problems without creating more problems. Okay. Well, we could sure use a lot of that in today's world. God knows we could yeah, use like a lot of that. So what are some of the problems that you guys have solved or some of the creative ways that you've come up with solving a particular problem? Tell me about the problem and then tell me about the solutions that you guys have come up with. And how did you get to coming up to that solution? So some of the problems that we've really been thinking about is things like going on with like population um, problems as our world is ever growing and we always need space for more people to live. Okay. But as our world's growing, we slowly, slowly lose more and more space. So, so one thing that we started off at the beginning of the year is how to solve things like giving food to everybody or handling some way to handle the amount of waste that enters our world. Yeah. One thing that we did is we came up with several like design ideas of how to make special containers that can hold waste or food that um, everybody can use, is easy to make, and can hold the most amount of food we can. So you guys did like a design thinking yeah. process. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? And I'm asking like, what are your thoughts about that? Because I just finished a program that's for superintendents, and we went through the design thinking process, and a lot of that work comes from what happens in Stanford and MIT. But I'm thinking, oh Lord, this process, <laughs> this process is a lot. It's a bit much. So tell me your thoughts about the process. <laughs> we got a quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so were you thinking like I, <laughs> or were you thinking something different? Um, well, I really liked that course because I thought it allowed us to kind of think of like how we could help people that are in need or help people that don't have a lot of money. And so if we can help those people, then we can help like everybody around the world. That's a good way to look at it, a good perspective. 
Any and, other thoughts? And also, if you think of like design thinking, if everybody else is working on it, you can think of it as in worldwide. So you could have representatives of like each country in the world. Mm -hmm. So it could both push for a better like world for people all around in several different countries, but also for like a world for um, countries all together. So. Maybe if like the world would join together in like one design thinking group, it could possibly be like get us closer to thing that most people would like world peace kind of. Yeah. So group work to really come to solving a problem, and in many cases, it's multiple brains put together to identify creative ways in which we can solve a problem, and then when we actually come up with a solution, using the individuals in the group to make that solution even better. Yeah. I thought that was the neat part of the process as well. What are some other thoughts about the process? Um, so, oh, sorry, you can go, you can go, I've, I've already talked. It helps you think outside of the box because most people like to just think of what they've already learned, but think outside of the box and take in other people's ideas, it helps. Yeah, yeah cool. What does think outside of the box mean to you? Because we use that term a lot like thinking outside of the box. And I'm, I'm not sure like what it means to other people. I know what it means to me, but I'm not sure what it means to other people. So what does it mean to you? For me, think, for me thinking outside of the box means to like think creatively and not think of a simple solution, but like a complex solution. Ah, think of a complex solution. So, so I'm, I'm assuming when you say a complex solution, it's something that does not exist right now so we're kind of creating something new that we're going to implement and sometimes that can be kind of scary when we create something new because outside of the people who created it we may not fully understand how it operates or how it works does that make sense what what else what's your perspective my friend of what of the whole thinking outside of the box what does that mean to you I think it means that um, you have to go more in depth about the topic, like think more about what other people don't think of, mm -hmm. and to see if they can work, like thinking more logically of the topic. Yeah. Is that what you think education should be about today? Is really allowing you guys to get into a group, get in a room, problem solve, think critically about a particular situation, and then produce something new rather than simply regurgitating what we, I, as the adults, give to you. What do you think? I think it works a lot. I think it works a lot better than the, like just getting a piece a piece of paper and doing the, yeah. doing your work. So and how do we make that manifest in K twelve education? How do we do that? Because that's that can be pretty hard to do. So how do we do that? You want to share? How do you think we need to do that? I think we should have certain days where like we have options of what we can we should learn that day but also days where we have to learn certain things so we don't fall behind what we're supposed to learn. Got it. So some days it's optional day and then B day could be a day where this is something that we just have to a foundation of sorts that we just have to learn. Okay. What I'm thinking is to like not set standards, kind of, because I know how whenever we get our grade report sheets, we always have the mm -hmm. under proficient, proficient, and then the above proficient. Instead of like gathering a whole groups of students by proficient and then so forth, mm 
um, we could set them up as in like they have this high of a score, they need to, um, what they may need to improve and uh, ways they could help them. Yeah. And instead of having it like, oh, this is your max because you can only get this high. Yeah. So let's say with the star reading and the star math, you can only get so high of a gr um, grade on it. Yeah. Instead of just having a cap to it, we should have allow students to go above if they can and let them reach as far as they can. Yeah. But to also, but one problem I see with that possibly is to like make students stand out more than others in some schools. Let's say if we like gave that to all schools, if a student is going like above and beyond, then the school might like yeah let's celebrate that, but they make other students feel bad. So I'm thinking maybe like a lot, like to allow that to happen, but not to make a, like put down other students, but to allow all students to feel like they can make it, and to allow them to feel like they, just because they haven't made it that they should just stop. Right. So in eliminating the limitation of being able to accelerate as high as you can accelerate, but then also not ostracizing other individuals because they haven't accelerated as much is what I hear you say, which I do agree with, yes. How else do we make this manifest in K-12 education? I feel like maybe what we can, should be able to, to do is maybe talk to other districts about it and see and get together as a school board so you guys can talk about what you want to implement in other schools like this class maybe <laughs> um, and I feel like what that would do is it would help all other schools around us and eventually we'd get to that point where everybody else would have a good idea to implement into other schools to make it so um, it'd make it so the school educating system would be a lot better than how it would be um, with today's school mm -hmm. teaching system even if it's not that bad yeah. it still could be worked on because there's lots of flaws that would like Jaden said say, mm -hmm. maybe feel like make students feel like that they would be just there forever and not yeah. would, wouldn't be able to move up yeah. I agree with Dante because like 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 things as such as testing I feel like um, more schools are like more so like trying to compete with other schools and then like sometimes like when a teacher announces that um, their school didn't do as good it'll make students feel bad so like if we like completely like deplete like competition instead of in like um, like instead of like trying to separate like the districts I think we should all like work together and then problems will, like might deplete at least a little bit yeah yeah what what does 21st century or education let me say that in any century what should it look like what would you say that it needs to look like I think it probably needs to work look like like maybe there doesn't like the way like that districts break down like that schools aren't extremely strict on like the way they work like how we have districts just like separating all the schools like more like if districts work together then we like they will be more powerful and then students will like gain more knowledge and then like they can communicate with other students and like see what they're learning and like part that into like their learning. I'm gonna come back to you on that one but I want you to think about how would that partnership look for school districts. I haven't heard from you. Tell me 21st century or any century education what does it what does it look like for you? I think um, kind of like what Taishi said, students should be communicating more 
and like um not just working like alone because a lot of kids have like a type of mind to where they work better by themselves yeah. but students should still be communicating more because not only would it help them like if they have trouble with something in their work yeah um it would also help with communication skills mm -hmm. so to where if they're like when they're all grown up they're going to need to know like how to communicate better with other students mm -hmm. or not uh, even other students other people yeah now, you went to Sand Creek for elementary, and Sand Creek is an international baccalaureate school, so the way in which they go about their instruction looks different from many other schools. Tell me, how did that work for you? Well, I was only there when they were in IB school for one year, mm -hmm. and we would learn about like a lot of integrity and perseverance. So, yeah, the way they taught was different because they would talk more about, like, persevering through things and not like giving up. Mm -hmm. Was that good for you? Did that work for you? Did it not work for you? I mean, I How didn't did have much time to like yeah. engage fully into it, but because yeah. I was only there for a year mm -hmm. when they were in IB school and they were just starting it out. So it, um, yeah, it did help a lot. Like it kind of motivated me to try my best. Okay. Motivated you to try your best. And you're doing your best here yes. at Panorama. Awesome. Awesome. How about you? Talk to me about um, what, what education should look like for you. What education should look like is students should be able to communicate with other students, like uh, Malik said, but also be able to communicate with teachers. So if they're like failing, they should be able to be able to go up to a teacher and ask for help and not be afraid because they know they need help and yeah. yeah. So I had an opportunity to um, be in the room with some folks from Google and they were, they're doing some exploration stuff for K-12 education. Some of it I'm thinking, whoa, that's a little out there for me. But I gotta think about it. But one thing that they talked about, holographics, right? Well, we're all familiar with that, like when you beam the person in and it looks like the person is actually there, but in fact they're somewhere else or non-existent, I don't, I don't know. They were highlighting, well, what if we had an, a, an educational system where we could beam someone in multiple places? So one person, I'm sitting here, but I'm being beamed into five different classrooms, and I'm interacting with the young people in each of those classrooms. And I'm thinking, well, how do we not lose the human impact, or the human effect, from doing those types of things? And I don't know the answer to that question, but it's just a think about for us. What, what would that mean for you? If you were in a classroom and your teacher was beamed in the classroom in some sorts. I think that would have kids pay more attention because kids are so focused on um, social media and stuff these days that if there's somebody that's there but not there, it makes them pay more attention because they wonder how it's actually happening. I know I was. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember there was a time that we went to like this field trip thing to like these um, like a steam like festival kind of, and the, um, my, I didn't exactly get to see it, but I, heard, um, but I think few people in our class got to see 
where like somebody in another country was talking to them. So it'd be like, you know, like a little container and such. Yeah. And I was thinking like one way that we could do it like to show like like the human effect of it yeah. is that you know how nowadays we have those smart boards? Yeah. What we could do is they could be writing like looks like it's writing on the smart board, but it's like program but it's like they're actually writing on it, mm-hmm. but the projection that's being like when they're writing it is projected to all of the smart boards. So that civil, yeah. so that all students are learning the same thing, so that no student is ahead of the other, yeah. and that all students are having the sa- getting the same education as others. Okay, so like if this was a smart board, then I'd be writing on this, but other people in another location could actually see it as if I'm in the room with them. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Would that be interesting for you? As a It'd learner? be much more interesting. Yeah, definitely. It also certainly help with the fact that. Most children like us nowadays are really interested in technology, and honestly, technology creates most of our life, whether we like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Some of us adults, I, I'm going to speak for me, some of it is a little frightening for me because, it, again, trying to understand it. So, not to say that we should absolutely not do it, but how do we engage with technology from the standpoint? that we still allow for people to have some interaction. Because the socialization part, I, I believe, is beneficial. Like the group interaction, I think that's pretty beneficial. So how do we not get caught in a situation where technology takes that away? And, and again, I don't have the answer to that. But what are your thoughts around technology being able to take away the social aspect? Or do you not even think that that's something that I should be thinking about? It de- kind of depends on how it is. It's like, if maybe if you're sending videos or something like that, that might feel a little more humane, but depending on the type of person, they also take chat as a type of humane way to talk. And since most people have phones nowadays, usually they're always texting or sending videos or posting pictures online and at that point most of the time most of the time people are interacting on the internet with their phones and I'd feel like that they wouldn't really mind if it felt more humane or not because of the fact that they know, they kind of know what it feels like and they enjoy being on electronics and learning how things work and you know stuff like that. And that's probably why online classes work for most people because you're able to stay at home and at the same time be in class to interact with everybody else. And I feel like it would help a lot. This is just a recommendation because I don't actually know how well it would work, but maybe online classes could be a thing if you'd want, want it to be. You don't have to because like, there are some people who would want it to be more humane and interactive, but yeah. I feel like with other people, you could also create online classes for them, and they would enjoy it a lot. I feel like they'd get a little bit more out of it. Okay. Potentially. Okay. Yeah, I think it would work for online classes. It works for some people. I actually talked about online classes. I was thinking about it. So online classes would actually help a lot more because nowadays the world's getting more and more dangerous as more and more things are getting made and such. So let's say somebody has to go to the hospital for some reason Mm -hmm. and they miss out on several months of school. 
then they're several months behind of all the other students who were there at school. So an online class would allow the students to be in the hospital getting care, but also getting the proper education they need. Could we also beam them into the classroom? It, if you'd want to, honestly, it'd probably be better just to do it online because if you try to do that, um, I would think holographics would take up a lot of energy and time. Okay. And money. And money. <laughs> and money. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it would take a, take a lot of money. What else do you want me to know about your class? Should we expand it? Should we not? Oh my gosh, we should. <laughs> what else do you think? I believe that we should because I feel like this is a really great opportunity for students uh, to be able to like do something that they typically don't do okay. and it's like a fun class as well as like interesting so mm -hmm. I feel like it would be a great like thing to expand. Okay. Would you guys be willing to sit with other adults to talk with us about how the class should be structured and how it should look? That sounds again, I don't know the answer to that construction part of that. But is everyone in agreement that we should expand it? Yes. yes. When I say expand it, I'm not just meaning expand it here at Panorama. I'm talking about to other young people across our district. Is that what you're speaking about too? Got it. So everybody is in agreement. Okay. And everyone is in agreement that you'll help us to construct it and design it. So yes. it goes back to that design thinking piece when you're talking about how a classroom should look, you're actually constructing how that classroom should look and you're giving us some insight on what we need to do to make that happen. Okay? Mm -hmm. Is it something that's doable to start in the fall? You in all <laughs> uh, I don't no, know. Some of you may not be here because some of you may be in high school ah. but you're even thinking beyond that because if you said expanded expanded could be expanded into a course in high school that that's an option there that's something that can be can be done as well as to middle schools yeah but I, I heard a little reservation when I said, oh, <laughs> I'm not sure why. <laughs> Maybe you guys know something that I don't know, so you'll have to tell me. What are your thoughts? We should put it at Sierra because I'm going there. <laughs> okay. Yes, we should. <laughs> we'll put it at I'm going there too. So. Okay. Put it at Sierra and Harrison in addition to our other middle schools. Yes. Okay. Actually, I'm thinking, if we're thinking worldwide, I don't think we should zone it into this district, but it should be like given an, the idea given to other districts. So if one student changes district, mm -hmm. they're not new to it. They're, yeah. kind, um, they're not just new to it, or they're um, different or farther away, away, away from it. They can go along with it, and they can still connect with the same ideas. And so, because not as before, it was said that the world's getting more and more competitive. Yeah. We shouldn't try to zone ourselves farther and farther from other districts, mm -hmm. but kind of like bring the districts along with everything else so that every student, every person in the world can grow to be just as smart, just as educated, and just as likely to get as much of a job as somebody else. That's utopia at its best, mm -hmm. and I wish we could do that. 
Unfortunately, the component to that is convincing yeah. other districts. We can't force people to do something, and if we would have to convince. But before we can convince, we would have to show evidence of it's working. Part of the problem would probably also be the fact that there may be a couple students that might not agree with it, or they get in trouble a lot, and I feel like that might impact it because they refuse to learn sometimes if they're not interested, and if they're not interested, usually they just start messing around with their yeah. friends or mess around with other things and eventually get the teacher to yell at them or something yeah. like that. And I feel like that might impact how it might work because it's about how all students need to get equal education and that might not be possible without trying to convince them to um, learn. And I feel like if you did eventually learn, um, convince them how to learn, it, um, how to learn well, it would really help with the impact of giving everybody an equal education because it would really it would really let everybody learn what everybody else was learning and it'd make sure, it'd guarantee that most students get to high school and hopefully college. Yeah. How, how did the course come about? Um, that's kind of... I don't know. It's kind of shrouded in mystery. I think Ms. Kazowski would know about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. So I did a lot of design thinking in college, mm -hmm. and then Dr. Domingue approached me about teaching this course, and so mm -hmm. thought it would be a great opportunity yeah. to implement some design thinking tactics within a yeah. middle school and challenge our creative thinkers. Yeah. Well, good. See what happens. <laughs> and then you guys, you get it and you run with it. Is there anything that you would adjust? To the course. I would definitely adjust like what grades are in it because some returning students like if I come back to this class so I'm probably going to learn the same curriculum so mm -hmm. if we separated from like sixth grade in a different room than seventh or eighth grade then they would learn different curriculums. Okay. Yeah, expanded would it be possible for us to integrate grade levels and just have a variation <laughs> of the curriculum? If they were learning part of the same curriculum, then we could um, put them together. Got it. One thing that I would like to see change is um, the fact that some students who I know like would definitely be great in the class mm -hmm. don't aren't able to get into the class because they have problems, as in like they have ADHD or ADD, and they're not able to properly like understand basic curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be um, better if like the um, if parents learned about the curriculum is available, learned what the curriculum is about, and would be able to like say if they want their child in the cu curriculum. Okay. Instead of just being on how good the child is in class, even if they have some fault, like learning problem or such. Yeah. So all inclusive is what I hear you say, and educating parents about what creative matters mean and what the course will actually entail, and then open it up for everyone who's interested in participating in the course. Okay. Anything else that I should know? I think we should also separate it between, since some people have dyslexia, ADHD, yeah. autism, we should separate it into like, we should separate them between their disabilities, <coughs> like P 
he could put some in the ones without disabilities in one room and then others with different ones in another. Why? Tell, can you tell me a little more about why you think that? Because if they have disabilities, they learn differently than others. So if we make an environment only for them, they would learn better. Okay. okay. Any other thoughts? Now, I know you guys are not normally this quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, I got nothing to say. No. <laughs> I, I think it's a pretty great course. So Yeah. I, I feel it's really good, and it's probably going to benefit all um, future generations that yeah. do come to the school and take this course. Yeah. I wish I had had the course when I was in middle school, even high school. I, I didn't have any of these courses in high school. But I think it's a benefit because it puts you into a space of being able to think through situations, problem solve through situations. Sometimes you walk away with a not good solution, but that could lead to a better solution. Sometimes you end up finding a solution by mistake. And it turns out to be really, really good when you find the solution by mistake. And that happens. And as a former science teacher, I'm pretty familiar with how that happened, how that happens. I'll tell you that story later on, but pretty familiar with how that happens. That's so impacting is how engaging it is and how it actually gets people to want to learn about these problems in our world and how to solve them. And I feel like the Genius Hour would help with that because the Genius Hour lets you explore some problems that you have of your own mm -hmm. that you would like to try to solve. Yeah. And that, would, that might help comprehend with maybe problems we would have in the class because that, that's, why, that's how Google does it. Google... Exactly how they do it. Yeah, they usually they give and work. I think you know about it already. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Okay. Um, they usually let their employees work on an, um, for something on for an hour. Yeah. Um, I think every day or something like that, and it's helped Google get a lot better with um, get a lot better with actually getting money and helping everybody else around them that they want to support because it helps their employees solve problems with solutions that might not work out so well and they would probably find one on accident while they're doing this thing and it would help them solve a problem that Google would have and the best part is that they don't use it for their own. Like they give the employees their own ideas, and they don't take them or anything like that for business opportunities or anything like that, just to make more money. Yeah. They care about their employees, yeah. kind of like this class does. Yeah. Good analogy. <laughs> Pretty good analogy. You have something you want to share? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this class helps us grow as people. Because um, most of us in our class are introverts, and some people don't like sharing their ideas. But this class has helped us grow and share out what we have to say more. Because some people are scared that they'll get rejected. Yeah. But this class helps you grow, and it helps you understand that your voice matters. Yeah. You know, that's a, a big lesson to learn, is sharing your idea. It, as adults, we fall into the same category as well. Sometimes we'll get in a room and 
we don't want to share our idea because we believe that it's not a good idea or we think it's going to be shut down. Whatever the reasons are, we don't share the idea. But when we don't share the idea, we're preventing a possible solution. Breakthrough, maybe. So in many cases, we can share the idea and we can use people around us to help us to build up that idea because the whole purpose is to find a solution to a particular problem. And we all want the best solution. And collectively, we can produce the best solution. But individually, I'm not so sure that we produce the best solution. Multiple brains working together is powerful, powerful. And it makes a significant, a significant difference. So if I was to just throw out an idea and I was to say, I want you to think that you have become the brand new owner of this new airline company. I don't know the name of the company. I don't know how any of it is gonna look, any of that. You have to design the airplanes that your company will use to fly people around. What would be on it? What would be on your air airplane? Definitely a bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that would be important. But you could create how that bathroom would look. So it doesn't have to be that little small space about the size half of this table that you would have to walk in. You could create it. What else would what else would be on your airplane? What Chairs. <laughs> How would they be positioned? So like right now on the airplane they're all positioned in rows facing forward. Does it have to be that way? I don't think it should because sometimes it depends on how you like where you look. Like sometimes you want to face people, sometimes you want to face scenery, sometimes you just want to face blank areas. Yeah. So you can make a, a design seating that could move or shift. Probably seats that swivel. Swivel, mm -hmm. yeah. What I'm thinking is maybe like set up like this, like instead of like how most planes like section, like how all those fancy planes section off the planes like like middle class, high class, low class and such, I think it should be like average, like everybody can afford a good seat on the plane because yeah. I think it would be like no fun to have few money because you're saving it <laughs> and um, you're saving it and then you know somebody's sitting there somewhere in the plane drinking champagne yeah. and such while you're sitting over there just just sitting around in a crowded group. So I think it would be better if... Equity on the plane. Yep. <laughs> I got think it. like you that you should be able to choose your seats because like like I was on the plane during the summer and I was going to Las Vegas and it was like really scary because like my mom was all the way in the front, my friend was in the middle and then I was like with like these random people all the way in the back and I'm just like... I'm just like, I don't know you, and they're like trying to smile at me and stuff. I'm just like, stranger danger, I'm just scary. <laughs> I would probably put actual sanitation on an airplane because... Bless your heart. Honestly, every single thing they have in the airplane is probably really dirty. Even the water has been found to have really gross stuff in it. Just <laughs> They have certain diseases in the water sometimes, and other times the employees don't even wash their hands when they serve food. What if you had a bowling alley? 
That'd be pretty lit. That would be cool. That'd 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 be a solution to what you are perceiving would be the problem and it may create another problem for you because now it begins well how do we transport it and then you have to fix that but you don't necessarily stifle the idea because you haven't quite figured it all out yet that's what makes it better and better and better what else could be on, on your well, um, in Abbott the other day, we were seeing like how some had like these like small apartments. So I was thinking like, like they have like these nice rooms and they have like one have like a session couch and then mm -hmm. a bed. And I was thinking, I was like, that would be nice, like especially for like extremely long flights and they have like these little doors that'll shut. So yeah. like it gives you privacy, like if you want to lay down or something. Yeah, they're really good. Um, I think that there should be like entertainment on a plane because plane rides can be very boring because you're just sitting in a seat and I feel like you should be able to uh, like be able to do what you want on the plane like unless there's like something bad going on like a storm but like if there's not a storm or something bad going on I feel like you should have entertainment. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, for me, I feel like there should be, like, something to calm me, like, when you're on the plane. Because, like, it was, like, my first plane ride, and I was, like, having this, like, bad anxiety because like, it was my first time in, like, the, like, the, like, really loud noises and, like, the shaking. It was, like, terrifying me because I've never been on a plane. I'm just, like, what is this happening? Because, like, it scared me. So, I'm, like, what's wrong with the plane? I'm thinking, like, the plane was breaking down or something. So, like, <laughs> there should be, like, there should be, like, something that'll, like, calm me down. Like, like something you could squeeze, like, for anxiety. My dad went on, um... I think it was it was like a really nice airplane, and they had like gum, like they give you a, a thing of gum just mm -hmm. so that your ears don't pop while it's yeah. taking off or like landing. So mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. So the point of that is just thinking as far away from the norm as you could possibly think, and as you visualize that, then you start to identify ways in which you can make it happen. Because do we believe, and did your class, Creative Matters, teach you to believe that if you can think about it, it can be done? Yeah. If we can think it, it can be done. We may not know how to make it happen at that particular point, but just the thought in itself means that it's something that can manifest. Otherwise, we would never be able to think about it. So I'll say, if you think about something that someone has done in the world, we have cars that are coming to us that will drive themselves. Oh, I don't know if I'll get in one, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we have cars that will be able to drive themselves. Um, there is a small problem. You think, like, who came up with these ideas? Brilliant ideas. Brilliant ideas. You can pick up your phone and Plug in that you want someone, a total stranger, to come and pick you up and take you someplace. You tell them where you want to go. You tell them where you are. You know, some of that can be pretty scary, but we do it, right? We do those things. And someone created an app and has a company, Uber, Lyft, whomever, 
where they own zero cars and they make billions of dollars. <laughs> and it's a taxi service, but they own no cars. And their employees are actually happy with doing their job. Yeah, I know somebody who does You got that. it. So those are the types of things that you guys are going to produce. Are we still building up on the plane thing? <laughs> are we still building up on the plane? No. You No, we moved away from that, but you can share your idea if you have an idea for the plane. Do you have an idea? I think we should do artificial intelligence for all the crew because in case anything crashes, there would be uh, no crew on there to get hurt. And no entertainment because there's no safety um, restraints because, and then like, as soon as it turns, you'll just fall over with it. What about people though? <laughs> you might be onto something there. If you pitch that idea, you might be onto something. Because that's a pretty good one. I haven't thought of that one. And I'm not sure anyone has thought of that one. I don't know. But you just did. But that's what, you, that's what your class is about. That's the beauty, I think, uh, of your class. You get to brainstorm ideas and thoughts, and you just get to run crazy with those ideas and thoughts. And then actually implement it. Try to implement it. Which is pretty huge. Where do you think Facebook got started? Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, where, where was he when he started it? A teenager. <laughs> where he was he? A teenager. Wasn't he in college or something? He was in college. Oh. He was in college, and his he never thought it would get that big. That wasn't his plan. But again, he's making money, 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 money on what he's doing. But nonetheless, his, his approach was really to connect with someone who he had not seen in a while. That was his initial thought, that I would just be able to connect with someone. He never thought that he would connect everybody in the world to people, people throughout the world. That wasn't his thought. But he took that idea, he morphed the idea, he created something. And now we have Facebook. One thing I've noticed is that uh, like lots of like really great inventions come from students who are close to leaving um, high school or are in college. Because there's this video I saw how a student decided because um, one of his friends was shot during a school shooting, mm. so he decided, let me make a gun that can recognize who's holding it and will not fire unless it's given to somebody who, who is able to use it. So he created a... <laughs> so he created a gun, um, so he created a bottom part of a handgun yeah. that will sense the person's thumb and the, only the registered person yeah. will be able to use it. That's right. So therefore it has... So, smart gun. Yeah, smart gun. Yeah. So therefore he immediately lowered a large percentage of a chance of school shootings, murders, and such like that. Yeah, yeah. pretty nice stuff. That's kind of what we're doing in our Genius Hours, is finding solutions to certain problems that nobody else has really thought about beforehand, like <coughs> me and Jaden and, um... <laughs> John. I don't know everybody. <laughs> 
Yes, Joanna, I am. So then we'll get an app to make everybody remember everyone's name, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Um, but we, us three are doing um, a little thing about programming and coding robots, and I don't exactly know if we do have an initial goal yet, but I feel like we could get to that point where we can create robots that'd be able to help other people or help assist in dangerous jobs like car making or um, burning trash and stuff like that. It'd keep us safe and the robots would be repairable so we could um, stay safe while peop um, robots do this job for us so we can focus on other things like programming and coding other things to help us um, become very advanced in civilization altogether. Yeah. Pretty neat stuff. If you think about it, somebody in the future is going to look back on this and uh, while we're today thinking about how civilizations in the past grew because they were able to do stuff that they can do since somebody, something else is doing it for them, then they're going to be in the future seeing how us in the back then were thinking about if we could get something to do stuff for us, we can do more. Yeah. So that if you think about it, the world, basically civilization is just going in a cycle of what, getting, being able to do more so they could do even more. Yeah. So that the Evolution. future can do that. Yeah. Evolution. So thank you guys again for taking the opportunity to chat with me. I do want to go around one more time because I don't think we got names the first time. So if, we, if you can give me your name and your grade. Did we, get those the first time? we did? Yeah. Okay. yeah, we did. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for sitting down with me and having a conversation with me about your, your class. It's pretty interesting stuff that you're doing. I want you to remember and make me one promise. Well, two promises, okay? The first promise is you will have fun. Okay, can everyone make that promise? Yes. The second promise is when you become famous and you make a whole lot of money and I'm an old man oh my God. and you help see me. me walking down the street, you have to help me, okay? 10% of my income will give it to you. I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't know if I'll be able to take that. I might get in trouble for taking that, but just help me to get to my car or whatever it is that I'm trying to do. Just help me, okay? What if we don't become famous? Still help me. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, helping somebody you used to know makes you a much better person. There you day. go. There I'd love to go. see you again when I, if I'm an adult. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. It's been amazing having a conversation with you. I so appreciate it. I want to come to your class and see what you guys are, are working on. So be sure to invite me, okay? Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.